y'all. Welcome to the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm a writer over at IndieWire, and today I have a great conversation with director Justine Trier, who made a great courtroom drama, Anatomy of a Fall. Not only is this a smart, really sharply made thriller, but uh, Anatomy of a Fall pushes back against uh, the tropes of the crime drama and and sort of our true crime fascination in, in interesting ways, in creative ways, in very visual ways. And so Justine was uh, really generous to talk about her approach to the genre that she's working in, about the evolution of key scenes through throughout the film, and also about how she creates a voice for characters who aren't on screen, uh, or perhaps are dogs. Uh, (laughs) uh, It was fascinating. I learned a lot. Uh, I think that you're going to really enjoy this one. Now, some context setting up front. Justine has way more English than I have French. Uh, but she understandably wanted to express sort of the most nuanced and, and complicated ideas about her filmmaking process in her native tongue. So we had a wonderful translator join us for this conversation. And so where there is French, you'll hear a fade into uh, the translated English. But we will put Justine's full answers in French on at the end of the podcast. So if you speak French and that is something you are interested in, you can go and listen starting at the time code in the episode description. The first question that I I would love to ask you is this is trying to lean away from, uh, you know, a a cliched uh, murder mystery. But I'm curious, what are the elements of that genre that um, and the courtroom setting that excite you and you see opportunities to um, capture the characters in an interesting way? Oui, je pense que c'est toujours intéressant de. de... Um, so I do think it's interesting to turn around and then circumvent cliches in many ways. Um, it's uh, uh, the genre that you speak of. So there could be many. Yes, there's the murder mystery. They're kind of horror films or anguish films, and I think I'm very formally inspired by those. I hate something in the style or in the style or the pure aesthetic of it is is very inspiring to me. Where I deviate maybe is in the rhythm of the film, and I, I really like to make some um, pure sort of genre inspirations formally with much more flat moments. Of realism. Um, And so the inspiration is then about how you will uh, ring sort of the neck of the cliches and and what you will do with them. Um, So an example is that uh, sort of courthouse uh, films tend to have at the end a very well-crafted twist ending. And we try to go beyond that to a place that I maybe shouldn't go to. So <laughs> sorry, sorry for the end. No, no, you're uh, quite but, all right. Uh, if I continue, I think uh, I will spoil very much the movie. So yes, of course, it's very interesting to 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 mix some genre different and to find your own, uh, you know, personal movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think I see a lot anatomy of a fall, and I'm even shares with anatomy of a murder. And I see a lot of the same sort of Preminger instincts about letting the camera be distant, really observing the characters and and kind of letting them define themselves in all sorts of contradictory ways. I'm curious how you thought about that influence um, and how, how you thought about the distance the camera needed to have from the characters. Preminger movies, for me, it was uh, it blew me away when I discovered it 10 years ago, I think, because I was like, okay, it's so modern for this period. It's so, it's so modern and um, the way he's taking the time to listen and to develop all the the, the trial and in the courtroom it's uh, yes it's a, it's a battle in the same time it's yes it's, it's so complex and so raw 
in a way. Yeah. Very, very weird for that moment. Uh, and yes, uh, he goes through very raw details. <laughs> very, very some me- misogynistic things inside, but it's not in normal for the <laughs> for that period. But in a way, yes, I, I'm always getting back to see it because it's something for me, of course. Pour revenir uh, à, à moi, oui, je pense qu'en fait c'est... Yeah, so um, to then come back to my movie, I think that um, in this one more than in the previous ones, I really trusted myself in the time that I felt was necessary to observe the characters and to let their speech exist and in, a, in and of itself, because it's true that there is in um, uh, trial sort of movies, um, despite uh, uh, a certain tradition, a tendency to craft it so well or to edit it so well that that comes to have priority over the fact of letting people sort of inhabit a moment in time that would have the amplitude of a, of a lived experience. And I think it's an interesting relationship to time when people are now so used to watching seven or eight hours of TV shows, but we're still surprised to see a two and a half hour film take its time. Um, it's still always a surprise. And I think that that's the necessary time that it takes for the spectator to be able to participate rather than be imposed a rhythm. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I just so admire it because it is a challenge to make a sort of contained courtroom space feel big and to have all of these different um, point of views and uh, the sense of, of, of a gaze weighing on Sandra. And so I'm curious how you approached shooting in that space so that it felt like a world. Yes, I was obsessed before the shooting about how can I, yes, can I film this? Which kind of gaze, of course. And I saw so many movies, English movies, of course, foreigners' movies. And I was obsessed by, okay, each time I saw a movie, most of the time, not not every time, and not in the documentaries, but in the fictions, Mm -hmm. always it's like, you know, everything is clean. Everything is symmetrical. <laughs> it's like God is talking, you know, with a very uh, light from the the top. from the heavens, yeah, yeah, from the heaven. And so it's a very, very religious way of filming it. And I was like, okay, I spend a lot of time in this courtroom, and always it was this opposite. <laughs> People are hungry, not hungry, hungry. Sorry, <laughs> hungry. They want to get out. They want to they tr- need transpiration on the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was very surprised why every time when we saw it in in uh, in movies, it's different. So, yes, first of all, I was obsessed by this, by the, by the mess, by the, okay, it's not clean. And the other things was I want to to not doing the perfect frame, very perfect symmetrical. Mm-hmm. So I want to put something on the first right. foreground. And uh, so I want to put some people first because I'm I'm looking a point of view, you know. So I'm under the point of view from Daniel, from the jury, from, from the lawyer. And I wanted something very full, you know, and not... Yeah, so it was the opposite, of course, compared to what I said before. And uh, yes, of course, first of all, it was this. And after, I was obsessed, of course, by um, to show the, the tiredness, not the fatigue, ti- yeah. tiredness the fatigue or the tired. of uh, all the people and to show this. Yeah, We were very helped because it was 50 degrees in the salle. 50 degrees Celsius. <sighs> So <laughs> it was something to shoot it in this place because it was too, yes, too too hot. So it helped me in a way because people have some very 
uh, winter uh, layers. Clothes, so. <laughs> I love that. I love the the sort of mess both in in the courtroom and in the frame. And I think you you feel that, and it brings you closer to the character of Sandra in a way. It's yeah. very cool because Sandra is not a good victim. You know, she's always uh, okay. Tout ce qui fait, je reviens. Excuse-moi, ce que tu connais déjà. Because in this way, uh, and very importantly, everything that constitutes a strength or an, an area of power for this character is turned against her in the trial and eventually what she is indicted for, or not indicted, but... And um, there was this idea that the character would be at once unresigned and in ways she seems to be quite combative despite her situation, but in the same time, she never goes into performing victimhood as one might expect somebody who's just trying to get off. And um, that is something that was present in the script, but that Sandra very, very much brought to the character or strengthened herself. And I think that adding... This way of acting to the mode of filming that I just described maybe acts on something that I hadn't really seen before in, in the way that these two things meet. This was the new thing that that, that appeared for me. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, you have this character in your head and you have a specific actor in mind. But as soon as they start embodying the person, the person has to change. And I was curious, kind of in, it's in that sort of refusal to play the victim, which she accuses Samuel of, that, that uh, Sandra Hula really brought. Yes, I think in a way, she she was very much more confident in this position. So yes, and of course, in the, in the, the argument scene, I think she was so unapologized. Yeah. She, she was very, yes. First of all, I was like, okay, maybe you can play it like with fun and mix with fun and sometimes, you know, like a mountain fun and after much tough and much fun. And she's like, no, I want to, I want to be very sincere. I'm not agree with that man. <laughs> with that man, <laughs> I want to. So it's, it's it's always very interesting when you write something uh, and you. And the the moment where when you share the thing with the actor, sometimes actors doesn't understand anything, and uh, and it's awful. But sometimes people are really add something from the point you were. And I think Sandra was yes. So I think she she accepted the the part for that scene, for the the argument scene. Changing subject slightly, some of the most fun shots in the film and and where I thought its wonderful ambiguity was was when the camera follows Snoop. Um, and so I'd love to ask you about shooting with the dog and sort of both the physical reality of of doing that and and sort of the concept behind doing that. It's very funny because, um, first of all, I had shoot over movies with animals and I like very much this because it's always uh, it's always uh, different. <laughs> sometimes it's awful, and sometimes it's a fairy tale, but we, you didn't know. You'd never know. And um, yes, I remember exactly when I was in the writing process with Arthur Harry, my co-life writer. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's possible to say that. I remember exactly when we, you know, we, we were writing different scenes and sometimes we have scenes that, that we love a lot. And sometimes it was like, oh, you know, when when the policeman is here to discover the body, it's like I saw this this scene hundred times in my life and you too of course and I was like okay I don't want to shoot this how can I uh, find the, the pleasure and the desire to do this and when you are a director you can't say okay this one I don't like and uh, this one I like we have to manage a way to do play, to do things with pleasure and I remember exactly when we were like, like okay maybe if we 
are, in the point of view from uh, the dog, we can discover it with another way, you know. And that's it. And I, I've just seen just before the, the, the film from Samuel Fuller, White Dog, who inspired me a lot uh, in his way of shooting behind the dog. There was not, a f not so much, but few very, very incredible shots just behind. And I tried to do the same, but it was impossible because our dog was so fast. <laughs> so I want, you know, I wanted to, to, to do some very beautiful shot like this. And he was like... Pfft. He, how do you say, uh, Yes, we couldn't imitate Samuel Fuller's beautiful long shots where he follows the dog because our dog just bolted through the room. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. But no, I didn't want to, sh to, to shoot, uh, to shoot, <laughs> to, to look at the dog like an, an accessory for, you know. So um, I think for me, it's a real character. It's uh, in the same time, he's, he's a ghost. It's a ghost of Samuel. He's a gaze of, of the, the kid, of Daniel, because Daniel cannot see. And the dog, of course, can see, but could not talk. Yeah. <laughs> so in many ways, for me, the, the dog is much more than just uh, le compagnon de l'homme. More than the companion of man. Yeah, and I, it, it's just something that's you know, but it doesn't need to be said in the frame that the, the, the dog can see but can't tell them what happened. It's very cool. I would love to, to ask you a little bit about editing and the post-process on this film because it seems like it's a huge danger that the film could could sort of hint one way or another and you have to sort of keep it perfectly balanced. And I, w I would love to, to sort of hear how you how you approach the edit. Yes, I think, first of all, we we, we choose only the takes very, very um, uh, documentaries from Sandra. So we, we move all the, the very sophisticated takes who were, who, which were sometimes very good, but it was too much like, um, you know, uh, yes, like, uh, like uh, many, many series. And I think we, we was looking for very sincere takes from Sandra. So first of all, it was this. And after, yes, we, it was much more interesting to be on the side of the innocence before, uh, uh, first, mm -hmm. and after to, okay, the, the, All the script and all the movie had some heavy things all the time. So we didn't have to to play it by Sandra, you know? Right. So first of all, it was this. And after, yes, it was a big, yeah, many, many times to, <laughs> to to keep that balance things with her, of course. If she do, did it, est-ce qu'elle l'a fait ou pas? Est-ce qu'effectivement elle est capable de faire ça? To ask consistently the question of, of course, did she do it? Is she capable of doing it? But also how can we stay in interest with this ungraspable character who, who uh, uh, eludes us throughout without yeah. playing the kind of duplicitous, mysterious woman trope? I'm curious, is that something that takes watching the film or cuts of the film all the way through a bunch? Is it something that you think about on a scene-by-scene -scene basis? No, you, you're perfectly right. It's, it's, that's a problem in the, in the editing process. You can't, be, you can ha you can't have the, the, the right perception at the beginning. You have to... <laughs> you, we spend nine months in editing. It's really long compared to many, many movies, you know, so... We have to take this time. We had to take this time to really understood the, the yes, what we had to choose all, all the time. I, I remember that it's a really humble work, you know. Before we, we are not humble on set. We're like, okay, it's going to be perfect. And at the at the moment where we are in the editing place, 
we, we, we are back from the reality. We can't say, okay, it's a masterpiece. Now we are <laughs> in front of the shitty things, you know. It's not shitty things, but uh, okay. And our job is to find a way as to reenact and uh, rework, rewrite all, yeah, all the things. Almost, you know? Yeah, it is rewriting the film. Yes, always. For me, it's really important and I... I I, I like very much that, that that moment because it's huge, but at the end it's so thrilling when you when you overcome the 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 the, the, the mountain, you know. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just one thing. Uh, many people came in the editor room that I don't like it, but uh, it was very important for that movie because. We had to, yes, to keep the balance and every, it was a match always. The, the movie was a match between women and men. <laughs> uh, I worked it with my co-life partner. It, I, had, I have two producers, men, men and women, man, a man and a woman. And it was always ma- a match to dis- many discussions about, about uh, aussi de choisir. Tout dans les cho- les discussions it was constantly in conversation around the, the match and the way that it was divided, which side you're on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, which side should the audience be on at any one given point? Because it has to alternate over the course yeah. of the film. I can see how that would be um, contentious. <laughs> I imagine that a moment that, that had a lot of discussion around it was uh, when we, we hear the the argument in the courtroom. And I, I would love to ask you a little bit about specifically the moment where it we just hear it and we're in the court um, and Sandra is explaining what's happening. Because I think the, the, the way that that is shot is remarkable and shocking. And we have a sense of the entire space, but still sort of are always keeping track of her. And yeah, I would just love to know kind of uh, about how you approached shooting that moment. It was very complicated, you know, uh, because I think Sandra had the, the, the feeling to do it very uh, with confident uh, states, you know. I was not sure about that. At the f- First of all, I was like, no, maybe you are, you're very, you're shaking. Maybe you are not in that kind of confidence, but... It was interesting. So we did, we shoot the, the, the both <laughs> possibilities. And after, I think uh, I chose the, the, the most vulnerable takes at the end, I think. But she said to me, okay, if I didn't do this, <laughs> I, of course, uh, I don't have something to to blame for myself. So so I'm okay with this. But I said, no, because you are so, it's so awful, the situation. People are always, uh, and and you heard this argument scene, and it's, it's awful, and in front of your kids. So I think she was, uh, she, she changed a lot his way of thinking because of his child. And she was, okay, she, he's here, and I, I'm ashamed that he can hear everything. It's the main thing of these movies. I think it's the modernity of the movies. These contemporary things of the movie is Sandra playing all of this with she trusts. In that moment, we really see the apogee of what her what her stance has been this whole time, which is to say that she doesn't feel that she needs to change an iota of her being or of her moral standing, trying to fit or correct for what a woman's position should be, or she doesn't assume in a way that. Other people, she's not correcting for the guilt that other people assume of her, and she is making no concessions in way of performing anything other than the way she is 
all the way to that scene where she continues to have the stand. She is shaking a little bit more, but this is something that is she's reckoning with internally at that moment more than at any other. Et ça pose une question super intéressante. So, and that asks an almost philosophical question about how we protect the strong, um, the strong who are making an effort to be in strength. We can see that she's not somebody who necessarily was born to that, but in the way that it is a kind of self discipline or an effort that one makes what place is there for that without having to break that down especially in the context of a of a marriage or a parent child relationship uh, absolutely well yes of course yes <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to ask you uh, because this is in some ways a very opaque character and and we are trying to reach for her and and don't necessarily get confirmation one way or the other we just have to decide as as danielle does how you approached creating their their home and and sort of the the thing we learn about them through their space and the pianos and the books and and all of the things which you sort of how much you wanted to say about the characters from where they live. Je pense que la chose la plus la plus forte en fait. The very important thing is that the two of them are creators and uh, thankfully a lot of people identify to these characters whether or not they themselves are artists but I do think it's a central characteristic because the desire that they both have this almost utopic desire that they have for reciprocity to exist within their couple and for there to be a balance in the way that they function and we see it fail, we see that it's not possible, is something that has engendered in their relationship the fact that they're carrying this burden of this event where the father, in a moment of inspiration, sent a babysitter to go and get the child that he was supposed to get himself and an accident happened. And so the idea that somehow art can hurt the child or that the um, the asking the question of what we sacrifice to the ambition, not necessarily the ambition, just the ambition of art, but also the ambition of this reciprocity in the relationship where one parent doesn't stay home to take care of the kid while the other one gets to go and create. And so these are pretty strong questions and maybe the strongest of which is the question of what happens when women don't make the concessions um, to their families beyond the love that they that they give them. And what I, Justine, believe about about this or feel is that, of course, like I want to salvage that possibility for life 3000%. I think it's so beautiful and I think it is a worthwhile way of living. I'm not condemning it by the fact that I'm showing that in the film, all of the characters and especially the therapist are sort of sending this back to her as something that she needs to reckon with. Um, so I don't think she's a monster at all, but I want to also answer the kind of uh, tendency in the press to depict her as an angelic figure who is absolutely blameless. I actually think that it is not herself who is a monster, but that something about the state and, and function of writing and of being a writer has of empirical... <laughs> possibility that indeed if it were let loose could get her to a place where she would eat everything up and so to know that that threat is there as a function of writing and the transcendent nature of that rather than in a, a personality flaw of hers but Sandra is not me huh? uh, okay <laughs> no no um I and I think it is incredibly universal uh because writing whatever form it takes it it's so internal. It takes you away from the world, even though you're trying to yeah. create a connection. In exactly. It. Um, you said it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Of course. And and that tension is unresolvable, uh, as is the tension in the film, and that's what makes it so good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man. Thank you both for taking some time to speak Thank to me today. You. I really and appreciate sorry it. Sorry for the. It's like the movie, you know, English and French. Yeah. All the time. yeah. Uh, sorry. A little a little balance. And thank you so much, Asia, for yes. translation. Oh my gosh. Thank you. The first question that I, I would love to ask you is, this is trying to lean away from, uh, you know, a, a cliched uh, murder mystery. But I'm curious, 
what are the elements of that genre that um, and the courtroom setting that excite you and you see opportunities to um, capture the characters in an interesting way? Oui, je pense que c'est toujours intéressant de, 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 de tourner autour du cliché et d'en prendre ce qui nous intéresse. Effectivement, ce qui m'intéresse... Alors, le film de genre, ça peut être plusieurs genres, parce qu'il y a effectivement le film de procès, mais il y a aussi le film de, de, de fantastique ou d'horreur ou d'angoisse. Moi, je pense qu'effectivement, il y a toute une... Comment dire Il y a toute une, tout plein de films, en fait, euh, d'angoisse qui, qui peuvent, en fait, m'inspirer, ou d'horreur ou d'angoisse, qui peuvent m'inspirer en termes de de plans vraiment d'imagerie pure, d'esthétique, de style, en fait, dont je me sers. Après, c'est vrai que, par exemple, en ce qui concerne le rythme de mon film, la manière de... J'adore l'idée de mixer des moments de genre avec quelque chose de très, très, très réaliste, d'extrêmement plat, de, de prendre le temps. De... Donc, c'est, oui, avoir des inspirations de films de genre... Mais en les, en les, comment dire, en les, en les tordant, en fait, pour vraiment aller où, là où je veux. Notamment, pour donner un exemple, le film de, de, de procès, on va dire, souvent, il y a des twists à la fin, quelque chose de très, très, très ficelé, de très, voilà. Moi, je vais à l'encontre de ça. C'est-à-dire que le film, c'est évidemment un houdonit d'une certaine façon, mais j'ai l'impression qu'on dépasse cette question du houdonit à la fin pour vraiment aller vers quelque chose de euh, euh, beaucoup plus, euh, comment dire... Euh, euh, après, je ne veux pas spoiler le film, donc c'est compliqué parce que je vais dans une dangereuse direction. Oui, absolument. Et je pense que je vois beaucoup de l'anatomie d'un fait et je partage avec l'anatomie d'un meurtre. Et je vois beaucoup de Preminger instincts sur laissant la caméra être distante really observing the characters and, and kind of letting them define themselves in all sorts of contradictory ways. I'm curious how you thought about that influence um, and how, how you thought about the distance the camera needed to have from the characters. Preminger movies, for me, it was, uh, it blew me away when I discovered it 10 years ago, I think, because I was like, okay, it's so modern for this period. It's so, it's so modern and um, the way he's taking the time to listen and to develop all the the, the trial and in the courtroom it's uh, yes it's a, it's a battle in the same time it's yes it's, it's so complex and so war in a way yeah very very weird for that moment uh, and yes uh, he go it through very war details <laughs> very very some mi misogynistic things inside but it's not normal for the <laughs> for that period But in a way, yes, I, I'm always getting back to see it because it's something for me, of course. Pour revenir euh, à, à moi, oui, je pense qu'en fait, c'est, comment dire, je pense que sur ce film-là, plus que sur mes précédents films, je me suis fait plus confiance sur l'idée de, de finalement euh, prendre le temps en fait, d'observer mes personnages, de, laiss de laisser vraiment la parole se aussi exister dans un temps très long aussi au procès. Et je pense que c'est quelque chose qui est finalement assez... pas si répandu que ça dans les films de procès. C'est-à-dire qu'on a souvent l'impression que ça doit être... L'idée de, voilà, well-crafted, well c'est ça L'idée d'être bien fait est toujours quelque chose... Euh, ou de bien monter, ou de bien... Je sais pas comment dire, tu vois, d'être bien, bien réalisé est toujours prime sur l'idée de vraiment vivre un moment, de laisser... Et moi, je crois que j'avais vraiment très envie que le spectateur accède vraiment à presque tout ce procès, en fait, de façon presque... Oui, euh, comment dire, j'ai oublié le nom... Euh, de façon extrêmement, euh, ouais, euh, euh, ample, quoi. D'avoir cette amplitude, en fait. Et de... Je pense qu'aujourd'hui, en plus, les gens sont habitués à voir des séries, de voir 7-8 heures de séries. 
Mais c'est toujours surprenant quand tu vois un film de, de deux heures et demie euh, qui prend son temps parce qu'on n'est pas habitué à ces codes-là. Mais en vrai, c'est vrai que moi, les choses que j'admire le plus, en tout cas dans ce style-là, c'est souvent les choses qui prennent leur temps, qui, qui laissent le spectateur vraiment euh, aussi participer à, à la situation et pas juste lui imposer un rythme. Voilà. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I just so admire it because it is a challenge to make a sort of contained courtroom space feel big and to have all of these different um, point of views and uh, the sense of, of, of a gaze weighing on Sandra. And so I'm curious how you approached shooting in that space so that it felt like a world. Yes, I was obsessed before the shooting about how can I, yes, can I film this? Which kind of gaze, of course, and... I saw so many movies, English movies, of course, foreigners' movies, and I was obsessed by, okay, each time I saw a movie, most of the time, not not every time, and not in the documentaries, but in the fictions, mm -hmm. always it's like, you know, everything is clean, everything is symmetrical, <laughs> it's like God is talking, you know, with a very uh, light from the, the top. From the heavens, yeah. Yeah, from the heavens. <laughs> And so it's a very religious way of filming it. And I was like, okay, I spend a lot of time in this courtroom. And always it was this opposite. <laughs> People are hungry, not hungry, hungry, sorry, <laughs> hungry. They want to get out. They want to, they need transpiration on the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was very surprised why every time when we saw it in, in, uh, in movies, it's different. So, yes. First of all, I was obsessed by this, by the, by the mess, by the, okay, it's not clean. And the other thing was, I want to, to not doing the perfect frame, very perfect, symmetrical. Mm -hmm. So I want to put something on the first right. foreground. And uh, so I want to put some people first because I'm... I'm looking a point of view, you know. So I'm under the point of view from Daniel, from the jury, from, from the lawyer. And I wanted something very full, you know, and not, yeah. So it was the opposite, of course, well, compared to what I said before. And uh, yes, of course, first of all, it was this. And after, I was obsessed, of course, by um, to show the, the tiredness of uh, all the people and to show this. Yeah, We were very helped because it was 50 degrés dans la salle. So <laughs> it was something to shoot it in this place because it was too, yes, too, too hot. So it helped me in a way because people have some very uh, winter uh, Layers. clothes. So <laughs> I love that. I love the, the sort of mess both in, in the courtroom and in the frame. And I think you, you feel that and it brings you closer to the character of Sandra in a way. It's yeah. very cool. Because Sandra is not a good victim, you know, she's always, uh, okay, tout ce qui fait, je reviens, excuse-moi, Asia, c'est ce que tu connais déjà, mais en fait, tout, tout ce qui fait que dans la, la vie normale, effectivement, elle est, elle est finalement assez puissante, assez en position de force, etc., et complètement euh, inversée dans le procès, et je pense que c'est quelque chose de très important. Euh, J'aimais bien l'idée aussi que ce soit à la fois, effectivement, un... Un, comment dire, euh, non seulement quelqu'un qui ne démissionne pas, c'est-à-dire qu'elle a l'air d'être tout le temps, de revenir, elle a l'air assez combative par rapport à ce qui lui arrive, et en même temps, elle ne, elle ne cède jamais à la tentation de, de se transformer en bonne victime. Et ça, je, je, je sais que c'est vraiment quelque chose qu'elle a amené, je pense, Sandra, qui était déjà un peu là, mais qu'elle a renforcé vraiment euh, par rapport à son point de vue de, du personnage. Et je pense que... Euh, 
cette manière de filmer dont je parle juste avant et cette manière de jouer actionne quelque chose finalement qui est euh, pas si courant que ça, de ce que j'ai pas souvent vu en fait à la fois dans la position de victime. Euh parce qu'elle est souvent debout en train de se justifier, comme une espèce de... Voilà, son, sa seule manière d'être, en fait, c'est de se mettre debout et de parler. Mais la manière... Enfin, voilà, c'est ce que j'ai rien d'autre à dire. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, you have this character in your head and you have a specific actor in mind, but as soon as they start embodying the person, the person has to change. And I was curious, kind of in... It's in that sort of refusal to play the victim, which she accuses Samuel of, that... that Uh, Sandra Huller really brought? Yes, I think in a way she she was very much more confident in this position. So yes, and of course in the in the, the argument scene, I think she was so unapologized. Yeah. She she was very yes. First of all, I was like, okay, maybe you can play it like with fun and mix with fun and sometimes, you know, like a montane fun and after much talk and much fun and she's like no I want to I want to be very sincere I'm not agree with that man with that man <laughs> I want to so it's, it's it's always very interesting when you write something uh, and you and the the moment where, when you share the thing with the actor sometimes actors doesn't understand anything and uh, and it's awful but sometimes people are really add something from the point you were And I think Sandra was, yes, so I think she, she accepted the, the part for that scene, for the, the argument scene. Changing the subject slightly, some of the most fun shots in the film and, and where I thought its wonderful ambiguity was, was when the camera follows Snoop. Um, and so I'd love to ask you about shooting with the dog and sort of both the physical reality of, of doing that and, and sort of the concept behind doing that. It's very funny because, um, first of all, I had to shoot over movies with animals and I like very much this because it's always uh, it's always uh, different. <laughs> sometimes it's awful, sometimes it's a fairy tale, but we, you didn't know, you'd never know. And um, yes, I remember exactly when I was in the writing process with Arthur Harry, my co-life writer. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's possible to say that. I remember exactly when we, you know, we, we were writing different scenes and sometimes we have scenes that, that we love a lot. And sometimes it was like, oh, you know, when, when the policeman is here to discover the body, it's like, I saw this, this scene hundred times in my life and you too of course and I was like okay I don't want to shoot this how can I uh, find the, the pleasure and the desire to do this and when you are a director you can say okay this one I don't like and uh, this one I like we have to manage a way to do play, to do things with pleasure and I remember exactly when we were like, like okay maybe if we are in the point of view from uh, the dog we can discover it with another way, you know, and that's it. And I, I've just seen just before the, the, the film from Samuel Fuller, White Dog, who inspired me a lot uh, in his way of shooting behind the dog. There is not, not so much, but few very, very incredible shots just behind. And I tried to do the same, but it was impossible because our dog was so fast <laughs> so I want you know I wanted to, to, to do some very beautiful shot like this and he was like he, he how do you say il allait tellement vite que je pouvais que je devais juste le suivre extrêmement vite que ça marchait pas du tout cette beauté de plan très lent derrière comme le fait Samuel Fuller 
So it was funny. But no, I didn't want to, sh to, to shoot, uh, to shoot, <laughs> to, to look at the dog like an, an accessory for, you know. So um, I think for me, it's a real character. It's uh, in the same time, he's, he's a ghost. It's a ghost of Samuel. Mm -hmm. He's a gaze of, of the, the kid of Daniel because Daniel cannot see. And the dog, of course, can see, but could not talk. <laughs> so in many ways, for me, the, the dog is much more than just uh, le compagnon de l'homme. Yeah, and I, it, it's just something that's you know, but it doesn't need to be said in the frame that the, the, the dog can see but can't tell them what happened. It's very cool. I would love to, to ask you a little bit about editing and the post-process on this film, because it seems like it's a huge danger that the film could could sort of hint one way or another and you have to sort of keep it perfectly balanced and I, w I would love to to sort of hear how you how you approach the edit yes I think first of all we 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 choose only the takes very very um, uh, documentaries from Sandra so we we move all the the very sophisticated takes who were who which were sometimes very good But it was too much like, um, you know, uh, yes, like uh, like uh, many, many series. And I think we we was looking for very sincere takes from Sandra. So first of all, it was this. And after, yes, we it was much more interesting to be on the side of the innocence before, uh, uh, first. Mm -hmm. And after to, okay, the... the All the script and all the movie had some heavy things all the time. So we didn't have to to play it by Sandra, you know? Right. So first of all, it was this. And after, yes, it was a big, yeah, many, many times to, <laughs> to to keep that balance things with her, of course. If she do, did it, est-ce qu'elle l'a fait ou pas? Est-ce qu'effectivement, elle est capable de faire ça? Est-ce que... Euh, de garder aussi un intérêt jusqu'au bout en fait pour ce personnage qui nous échappe, qui est complexe et qui est quelque part euh, ne joue jamais avec euh, comment dire ne joue jamais le jeu de la duplicité, ne joue jamais le jeu aussi de, 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 de du côté euh, duplice de la femme mystérieuse quoi. Et ça que je trouve vraiment important de dire. Voilà. I'm curious is that something that takes watching the film or cuts of the film all the way through a bunch? Is it something that you think about on a scene by scene basis? Non. You, you're perfectly right. It's, it's that's a problem in the, in the editing process. You can be, you can, ha you can't have the, the, the right perception at the beginning. You have to. <laughs> you, we spend nine months in editing. It's really long compared to many, many movies. You know, so we have to take this time. We had to take this time to really understood the, the yes, what we had to choose all, all the time. I, I remember that it's a really humble work. You know. Before we, we are not humble on set. We're like, okay, it's going to be perfect. And at the at the moment where we are in the editing place, we 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 are back from the reality. We can't say, okay, it's a masterpiece. Now we are <laughs> in front of the shitty things. You know, it's not shitty things, but uh, okay. And our job is to find a way as yes, to reenact and uh, rewrite we all, yeah, all the Yeah, it's things, almost you know? yeah. It is rewriting the film. Yes, always. For me, it's really important, and I. I I, I like very much that, that that moment because it's huge, but at the end it's so thrilling when you when you overcome the 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 the, the, the mountain, you know. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just one thing. Uh, many people came in the editor room that I don't like it, but uh, it was very important for that movie because 
we had to, yes, to keep the balance. And every, it was a match always. The, the movie was a match between women and men. Uh, <laughs> I worked it with my co-life partner. It, I, had, I have two producers, men, men and women, man, a man and a woman. And it was always ma a match to disc many discussions about... about uh, aussi de choisir tout le temps des, des discussions aussi de quel, quel camp on choisit quel c'était tout le temps tout le temps des discussions sur, sur ce match en permanence en fait voilà. yeah which side should the audience be on at any one given point because it has to alternate over the course yeah. of the film I can see how that would be um, contentious <laughs> I imagine that a moment that that had a lot of discussion around it was uh, when we we hear the the argument in the courtroom and I I would love to ask you a little bit about about specifically the moment where it, we just hear it and we're in the court um, and Sandra is explaining what's happening. Because I think the, the, the way that that is shot is remarkable and shocking and we have a sense of the entire space, but still sort of are always keeping track of her. And yeah, I would just love to know kind of uh, about how you approached shooting that moment. It was very complicated, you know, uh, because I think Sandra... The had the, the the feeling to do it very uh, with confident uh, states, you know. I was not sure about that. At the f first of all, I was like, no, maybe you are you're very you're shaking. Maybe you are not in that kind of confidence. But it was interesting. So we did we shoot the the, the both <laughs> possibilities, and after I think uh, I chose the, the the most vulnerable takes at the end. I think. But she said to me, okay, if I didn't do this. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, I don't have something to to blame for myself. So, so I'm okay with this. But I said no because you are so. It's so awful the situation. People are always uh, and and you heard this argument scene and it's, it's awful and in front of your kids. So, I think she was uh, she she changed a lot his way of thinking because of his child. And she was okay. She, he's here and I I'm ashamed. That he can hear everything. It's the main thing of these movies. I think it's the modernity of the movies. This contemporary things of the movie is Sandra playing all of this with she trusts. Je pense que le vrai truc du film, la vraie modernité du film, c'est que elle croit vraiment que euh, elle n'a pas à s'excuser une seule seconde. Elle, elle n'est jamais dans dans l'idée de faire un seul. Euh, comment dire, euh, Yota de changement de mouvement par rapport à sa propre euh, morale, en fait, à elle, et idée de ce que serait que d'être une femme, de la liberté d'être une femme et la liberté de faire ce qu'elle fait, alors qu'effectivement, on lui renvoie en sens cette inverse et qu'elle devrait normalement jouer avec ça, qu'elle refuse de faire une concession vis-à-vis -vis de ça. Et jusque-là, pardon, parce qu'elle me parle précisément d'un moment où elle continue, pour moi, à se tenir debout, elle tremble un peu plus, mais tu sens quand même qu'elle, qu elle, qu elle, elle, elle lutte avec ce truc-là dans son jeu. Et ça pose une question super intéressante, enfin, euh, presque philosophique, en fait, qui est la question de protéger l'effort, le, en fait. Les gens qui font l'effort d'être fort. Parce qu'en fait, c'est pas quelque chose qui est acquis, en fait. C'est une chose qu'on voit bien que c'est pas quelqu'un qui est née dans des conditions d'être fort, mais qu'elle a... Elle a bref. Especially in the context of a, of a marriage or a parent-child relationship. Uh, absolutely. Oui, oh yes, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, uh, because this is in some ways a very opaque character, and, and we are trying to reach for her and, and don't necessarily get confirmation one way or the other, we just have to decide, as, as Danielle does, how you approached creating their, their home and, and sort of the, the things we learn about them through their space and the 
pianos and the books and and all of the things which you sort of how much you wanted to say about the characters from where they live. Je pense que la chose la plus la plus forte en fait que j'ai choisi et que j'ai décidé c'est l'idée que ce soit deux créateurs, deux personnes qui soient dans c'est pas n'importe quoi, c'est-à-dire que évidemment, je pense et je suis très heureuse, il y a plein de gens qui arrivent à s'identifier sans sans être des créateurs dans ce film, mais je pense que la je pense que l'une des choses les plus signifiantes du film quand même, c'est que il y a ce désir, cette utopie en fait de vivre ensemble à égalité, en réciprocité qui ne marche pas, en fait. Et l'idée aussi que, en fait... Et ça, c'est quand même très fort. C'est l'idée que, finalement, il porte un fardeau et que ce fardeau, c'est effectivement ce mec qui, à un moment donné, aurait été inspiré, aurait, dé... aurait balancé une babysitter pour aller chercher l'enfant et que l'enfant aurait, euh, aurait subi un accident. Donc, il porte la culpabilité, quand même, du fait que l'art pourrait <rire> quand même détruire leur, leur, leur enfant, quoi. Euh, et donc, il y, y a vraiment, je pense, l'idée aussi de dire que euh, qu'est-ce qu'on sacrifie aussi euh, par son ambition Qu'est-ce qu'on sacrifie dans ce désir aussi d'ambition et de réciprocité dans le couple C'est-à-dire qu'il n'y en ait aucun des deux qui soit à la maison comme une merde à, à gérer le, le, les tâches ménagères et les enfants. Donc, il y a toutes ces questions-là qui sont posées et qui sont très fortes. Et je pense, et je pense que la principale, peut-être, qui concerne tout le monde, c'est l'idée, évidemment, de, de qu'est-ce qui se passe quand une femme... Euh, décide de ne, de ne absolument faire aucune concession en dehors de l'amour qu'elle porte à son compagnon et à son enfant. Et pour aller plus loin encore, je pense qu'il y a vraiment l'idée qu'effectivement, moi, moi, en tant que Justine euh, Trier, <rire> évidemment, je, 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 je me dis que je, je sauve à 3000% ce personnage, que je pense que c'est très beau de vivre comme ça et que, évidemment, que je ne veux pas du tout euh, sacrifier cette manière de vivre parce que pour moi, c'est quelque chose que, qui me plaît et que j'aime chez elle. Mais, euh, mais évidemment, dans le film, on voit bien que c'est quelque chose qu'on lui renvoie constamment. Et, et également, quand le psy, euh, le psy vient à la barre euh, d'écrire euh, toute la culpabilité... Euh, Enfin, lui balancer toute la culpabilité, euh, voilà. Que, que, bon, ça, ça va, ça irait trop loin en fait. Pardon. Que, que ça peut te mettre en fait l'état d'écrire en fait dans une position où, où ça te transcende en fait et où tu peux te mettre effectivement à être vampire, etc. Mais je trouve ça très intéressant l'idée que le film ne dit pas qu'elle est monstrueuse et même je pense que son mari ne dit pas ça, mais c'est, mais que ça, ça, ça renvoie, que ce, ce truc est renvoyé par le fait que elle-même, bah, c'est un truc on a, dont on a parlé ensemble, non Ah d'accord, c'est pas avec toi. J'ai cru que c'était avec toi. Excuse-moi. En fait, je trouve que c'est un truc vraiment fort de se dire qu'en fait, c'est pas elle qui est monstrueuse, évidemment, mais c'est qu'il y a un endroit, en fait, qui la guide dans l'écriture, qui, évidemment, euh, peut l'emmener aussi à les déraper. Et je trouve ça intéressant de ne pas en faire non plus un ange. C'est vraiment important de le dire, parce que souvent, c est, c est, la presse parle beaucoup de, dit beaucoup qu'elle est angélique, que finalement, c'est juste le regard des autres. Je pense que c'est plus complexe encore que ça. Je pense qu'effectivement, euh, si elle se laissait aller, elle pourrait effectivement vraiment bouffer tout, en fait, et sans vergogne, quoi. But Sandra is not me. Hein? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, and I think it is incredibly universal uh, because writing, whatever form it takes, it, it it's so internal. It takes you away from the world, even though you're trying to yeah. create a connection. In exactly. It. Um, you said and, it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Of course. And and that tension is unresolvable, uh, as is the tension in the film, and that's what makes it so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh man. Thank you both for taking some time to speak Thank to me today. You. I really. And appreciate sorry it. for the. It's like the movie, you know, English and French. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little, a little balance. <laughs>